Hello, welcome back to Ending Explained, a film review podcast that takes a deep dive into those tricky and intriguing open endings. I'm your host, Kenna Park, and today we're talking about the 2021 psychological drama, The Lost Daughter. Now, I apologize for taking a week off last week in what is typically a podcast with weekly episodes. I'm actually in law school, and so sometimes I get a little too busy, but... I did major in my undergrad in journalism, and I minored in English and film, and so I really love to have this opportunity to have a creative outlet with this podcast and still utilize all those things that I learned during my undergrad instead of just kind of throwing them out the window as I transitioned to law school. So thank you guys so much for coming on this journey with me, for letting me have a creative outlet to watch these movies and discuss them with you guys. I love it, and I'm so glad you're here. Now let's dive into The Lost Daughter. This movie stars Olivia Colman, Dakota Johnson, and Jesse Buckley. It's directed and written by Maggie Gyllenhaal in her feature directorial debut, and it's based on a 2006 novel and currently streaming on Netflix. So hopefully you've already watched the movie because... Needless to say, lots of spoilers ahead. Now, for the Oscars, this movie was nominated for Best Actress, Best Supporting Actress, and Adapted Screenplay. And Olivia Coleman was actually my pick, my guess, for winning Best Actress. She ended up not winning, but that's fine. She still did an incredible job. And also, after this episode, I promise it's the last one of covering movies that were Oscar contenders for this year. (laughs) I just watched so many of them, and so many of them begged to have open endings explained that I just couldn't help but keep making episodes about them. But I promise this is the last one from here on out. We're going to focus more on classics, older movies, and even some TV shows. So let's jump into the plot summary. Leda Caruso is a middle-aged college professor and translator. She arrives for a solo holiday in Greece and is greeted by Lyle, the older caretaker of her rental. On the beach, she people-watches and observes Nina, a young mother, and her three-year-old daughter, Elena. Elena goes momentarily missing on the beach, causing a panic, and Leda finds Elena and returns her to Nina who expresses her growing exhaustion and unhappiness with motherhood. Elena is upset after she loses her favorite doll, which Leda has secretly taken. Flashbacks reveal that young Leda also struggled with being a young mother to her two daughters, Bianca and Martha, often losing her patience and becoming withdrawn from her family. One evening, in the present, Leda has dinner with Lyle the caretaker, who sees that she has the doll, but doesn't say anything about it. Leda later discovers Nina is having an affair with Will, who works at the beach bar, and Nina explains that her husband is very controlling. Elena remains distraught about losing her doll, and the search continues, with the family even putting up flyers offering a reward for its return. At a market, Leda buys Nina a hat pin to help hold her sun hat in place. When Nina asks Leda about her daughters, Leda becomes emotional, 
She reveals that she abandoned them when they were young for three years after she became too overwhelmed, leaving them with her now ex-husband, during which time she had an affair with a fellow professor. She admits that being away from her daughters felt amazing, and she only went back to them when she genuinely missed them. Nina learns that Leda knows about her and Will's affair, and Will later asks Leda if they can borrow her apartment. The next day, when Nina arrives at Leda's to get the apartment key, Leda admits to being a selfish and unnatural mother, and warns Nina that her motherhood-related depression will never go away. Leda also gives her Elena's doll, confessing that she took it, and that she was just playing. Nina reacts angrily and stabs Leda in the stomach with the hat pin before leaving. That night, Leda packs her bags in a stupor and leaves the resort, but drives her car off the road due to the pain from her wound and her dizzy state. She stumbles down the beach and collapses on the shoreline. The next morning, Leda awakens on the beach and calls Bianca, who happens to be with her sister Martha. They express their relief to hear from their mother, from whom they had not heard in several days. Leda says she is fine, and then looks down to discover an orange in her hands. She peels the orange skin off like a snake, the way she had done for her daughters when they were little. All right, let's jump into that end scene of the movie. So Leda faints on the rocky beach at night, and then the movie suddenly cuts to day with the waves waking her up, kind of slapping her in the face a little. And she seems to be in good health, despite very obviously being in bad health just the night before when she fainted on the beach. And I believe the wound is still there. She kind of touches it and I think has some dried blood on her fingers. And then she pulls out her cell phone and has a chat on the phone with her daughters. And there's a quote here from her. We only hear her side of the conversation saying, Dead? No, I'm actually alive. And then we also see her reach down and suddenly she has this orange in her hands to peel. Now, the phone call with her daughters seems pleasant enough, which contradicts earlier in the film during a flashback scene with Leda when she is away from her kids in the middle of her affair with the professor. And she tells him after hanging up on a phone call with her kids, she says, I hate talking to my kids on the phone. But then here in the end scene, she's talking with her kids on the phone and she seems to truly be enjoying it. Now, this might be some sort of continued maternal obligation that maybe she's not genuinely enjoying, but my interpretation is that she is genuinely enjoying it. And then that adds to the fact of the orange that she finds to peel because that orange represents another moment of genuine enjoyment of motherhood when her daughters would bring her an orange and ask her, can you peel it like a snake? And she would do it with her daughters and you could tell that that was like a genuine good moment of motherhood for her. And so those two things combined... I think would say a happy ending as far as the theme of motherhood goes. Now, the big sort of looming question about this end scene is, is Leda dead or alive? And it's a very strange open-ended scene. And she literally says to her daughters, like I said before, 
dead? No, I'm alive, actually. So she even brings it up herself and says, no, I'm not dead, I'm alive. Which seems an odd thing to say. I mean, why would her daughters think she was dead? And then just the abrupt cut from the rocky beach at night with her very clearly in bad health. And then she wakes up. She magically seems to be okay. She has her phone on her. An orange magically appears. These all kind of beg the question of, is this reality or is this not reality? Is this death? Is this her being alive? And so I think throughout the movie, there's this continuous sense of threat looming in all corners, despite this being a holiday, a vacation spot. First, it's from Nina's family group. Um, The cabana boy calls them bad people kind of implies that they're involved with the mafia. There's the noisy pack of young men on the beach and then also at the cinema. There's that loud bug in Leda's room, the rotten fruit in Leda's apartment, the pine cone that just smacks her very hard on the shoulder to leave a bruise that comes out of nowhere. There's the sudden dizziness and fainting and just appearing to be on the verge of a mental breakdown for Leda most of the time. In all, Leda's life just seems to be in danger. There's this sense of threat looming. And even her daughters are worried about this because they ask if she's alive in the phone call. So I'm no medical expert. (laughs) Like I mentioned earlier, I (laughs) majored in journalism and minored in English. Now I'm in law school. So basically as far from medical school as you can get (laughs) in higher education. But in my, in my very basic understanding, I think you can suffer a fatal injury from being stabbed with that hat pin in the stomach like Leda is. I know the hat pin is pretty skinny, but it was pretty long. I think it's probably an adequate enough wound to kill you, but... <laughs> If anyone out there is a medical expert and would like to add into this conversation, please send me an email. I would love to hear from you. But my guess is yes. My guess is that this could be a fatal wound. And I'm going to have a little spoiler here of the novel. Um, I haven't read it, but I just looked this up online. So if you don't want to hear this spoiler, just fast forward 15, 30 seconds But basically, Leda wakes up in the hospital in the novel after the car crash, and she tells her daughters on the phone, I'm dead, but I'm fine. So, okay, the spoilers are over there, but take with that what you will. Now, some people have said, no, she didn't die, and that kind of takes away from the overall big points that the movie is trying to make. This kind of surreal moment on the beach when she wakes up could just symbolize the release of guilt and regret over motherhood choices and finally just finding herself in a spot where she's genuinely enjoying herself as a mother, interacting with her daughters, albeit over the phone instead of in person. But she's finally come to the point from going, I hate talking to my kids on the phone, to genuinely enjoying it. Now... Another huge question that I'm sure all viewers of this movie were left hanging with is why does Leda take this little child's doll 
Why does she do it at first? And why does she continue to hold on to it? <laughs> I think this is, if not the biggest question, one of the biggest questions that people come away from this movie with. So as we well know, Leda secretly takes Elena's doll. Her little toy doll that Elena loves. This isn't just a toy that a child has among many. This is Elena's treasured, treasured doll. And Leda sees that Elena is absolutely losing it for days and days on end without having this doll. This isn't just I throw a tantrum once and then forget about it as a kid. This is a toy that Elena is very attached to and it's affecting her like where she's even getting sick and just in such distress. And Leda just keeps it. (laughs) And there doesn't seem to be be any like straightforward, obvious answer as to why. So here's one theory. One theory is that Leda has unnatural mother instincts and they're kicking in bizarrely with this doll. Her mother, her mothering instincts are sporadic and this can be seen where she's caring for the doll pretty well momentarily. You know, she's buying it clothes, she's trying to wipe it down, those sorts of things. But then when she's done with it, she just puts it away because her mother instincts are sporadic. Now, at the same time, we do hear Leda tell Nina when she's returning the doll finally at the end of the movie, she says, I was just playing. So to me, this means that Leda doesn't even really know herself why she took the doll. And I don't think she quite has some sort of solid motive in her mind as to why she took it, as to why she's not giving it back until this moment. She also says, I'm an unnatural mother when she's returning the doll as an explanation, half-hearted explanation for why she <laughs> for why she held on to this doll for so long. And so maybe this is just another example of bad mothering. She doesn't know how to be a good mother. And that's one interpretation that people take away. But something that I found was very intriguing is the connection between these two dolls that we see in the movie. So first, of course, there's the doll in the present that Leda steals. Then there's also a doll that's shown in the flashback scenes that young mother Leda gives to her young child saying, this used to be mine. I need you to take care of it really well. And then Leda finds that her daughter has basically not treated the doll very well. She's drawn on it and those sorts of things. And in this flashback scene, Leda gets very frustrated when she discovers that her daughter has kept really poor care of this doll and she throws it out of the window. (laughs) She gets so angry that she takes the doll from her daughter that she's given to her daughter and throws it out of the window and it breaks on the ground. And so maybe she's seeing Elena being kind of a brat, kind of annoying to her mother while her mother's just trying to relax on the beach and overall deal with the burdens of motherhood. Maybe Leda is trying to punish Elena for being a kid, for being an annoying kid, but you know, a kid. Most kids are annoying in that way. You know, maybe this reminds her of her own daughter and those feelings of heightened frustration that made her throw the first doll out of the window come back. And so maybe she's trying to punish Elena by stealing the doll 
just like she punished her own daughter by throwing the, the doll out the window. So maybe it's a similar reaction to the first one. Or you could also look at it as Leda is trying to make up for the first doll. It kind of seems like she threw the first doll out of the window in this fit of rage, but of course regretted it afterwards. And so maybe this time she takes the doll on a whim because she sees this connection between the two that it's drawn on, not taken care of very well. But instead of throwing it away, throwing it out the window, getting rid of it, she's cleaning it up. She's getting new clothes for it. She's taking care of it. And maybe she's planning on returning it to Elena. So maybe in a way this is her trying to make up for her um, guilt over throwing the doll, the first doll, out of the window when she was a young mother. Now yet another theory. There's a lot of theories here because it is just so bizarre and no straightforward explanation. But another theory is that she uses this theft of the doll to try to push Nina to see her situation fully. Maybe she suspects that Nina is in a similar place as Leda was when she was her age with her young daughters, and she wants Leda to fully realize how bad her situation is as a mother and as a wife, to get her to take that step. I don't know if it's fully formulated in her mind to take that step to just abandon her family, abandon her daughter and husband like she did. But to me, you know, they're in similar positions. They're in parallel positions in time. And I think Leda has observed that very clearly. So take with that what you will. <laughs> but those are my possible explanations for the plot revolving the stolen doll. Now let's jump into the theme of motherhood, because obviously this is a very heavily emphasized theme throughout the whole movie. Let's start first with Leda's motherhood in particular. So we know that Leda abandoned her daughters for three years when they were young. Now here's my question. Do we empathize with Leda? Do we judge her? Do we condone her? Now, to me, her feelings were relatable, but her actions were disturbing. Maybe disturbing was is too far of a word, or maybe disturbing is how I would have described it the, while I was watching it happen. But then after I've ruminated on it more, thought about it more, read some things about it, maybe disturbing is too harsh of a word. But I think everyone is having their own different reaction to both Leda's feelings and her actions when it comes to her choices with motherhood. Now, I do want to just throw out this little disclaimer here. I am not a mother, have never had a child myself, and so definitely am not coming to this topic and this conversation with that sort of experience. But I, of course, am a daughter myself and have a mom in my life whom I love, and so I feel like I can relate to the aspect of motherhood from the daughter's point of view. And again, if there are any mothers out there listening to this who would love to add some input to this conversation, I would love to hear it. Definitely don't want non-mothers to be the only ones having a voice in this conversation. Again, email me. My email is in the show notes. Now, 
Here are some quotes I picked out from the movie that I think really resonate with this theme of Leda's motherhood in particular. So the first one I want to bring up, she says, children are a crushing responsibility. Happy birthday. (laughs) She's telling this to the woman who is celebrating her birthday and she just drops this very heavy bomb on her that children are a suffocating or a crushing responsibility. Happy birthday. (laughs) And um, then in flashback scenes, we see her making comments such as I'm working and I'm suffocating when it's brought up that she needs to pay more attention to her children to take care of them. And then in current Leda's conversation with Nina, when she admits that she abandoned her daughters, Nina asks her, what did it feel like without them? And Leda responds, it felt amazing, with tears in her eyes. Now, this is a very complex moment for this character. And I do believe that this was the exact scene that the Oscars chose to um, show a clip of for Olivia Colman's nomination for Best Actress, which is perfect because it displays so many conflicting emotions. There's regret there, and there's also just not regret. She still is almost unabashedly saying, it felt amazing to leave them. So I think she's struggling with these feelings of, I don't regret this, but also I do. At the same time, she has tears in their eye in her eyes. It seems to be happy tears and tears of regret. At least at least to me, my interpretation. And then also in the same conversation with Nina, she says, I went back after those three years because I miss them. I'm a very selfish person. Now, all of these quotes together, I think paint a very, very complex portrait of motherhood that we rarely, if ever, have seen displayed in a big movie before like this, which I absolutely love. I love to be uncomfortable about things, about themes that usually are displayed and used in movies as, you know, more black and white, more, oh, motherhood is great, or this person is a straight-up horrible mother villain. You know, and Leda is neither of these things. She's in this gray area just trying to balance motherhood with individuality and fighting against trying to fight against her lack of natural mother instincts and then sometimes giving in to them and can we fault someone for just naturally not having mother instincts that's just some something ingrained in people some people have it to a degree and some don't Now, at the same time, like I said, this is gray area. While there are some very blatant moments where it's like, ooh, that was not a really great motherhood decision, it's not all bad. The movie does show scenes where Leda is being a good mother and enjoying motherhood herself. We we cut from the flashback scene where her daughter is hitting Leda And then she gets really upset and slams the glass door and the glass door breaks. So that's a scene kind of displaying how frustrated she is with motherhood, how she's probably not handling it in the best way. And then right after that, it cuts to the most beautiful scene 
of genuine joy and laughter with her daughters and her husband just cracking up and sharing love and joy with each other. It's so genuine. And then we get other scenes, like I mentioned earlier, of her peeling the orange. I mean, I know it's a small thing, but this seems to be a very genuinely good moment in motherhood for both her and her daughters, is just doing this simple thing of helping her daughters peel an orange and making a little game about it that she personally enjoys or relates to with peeling it off in one long, (laughs) one long snake and getting her daughters kind of excited about it. And then in the present, she seems to still have an okay relationship with her daughters. Obviously, her daughters are never there with her in person in the present part of the movie, but she has multiple phone calls with them. At the beginning of the movie, her daughter gives her a phone call to ask about her hair, (laughs) about, I think it was she bleached her hair and she was worried that it was going to ruin her hair and... That's just not something that a daughter calls her mom up on the phone about if they don't have at least an okay relationship. And so it seems like despite the whole three years of abandonment when they were little, that things have worked out at least partially okay. Where calling each other up on the phone for random things, looking for help, that that's still a normal thing in this mother-daughter relationship. And also... In the present latest storyline, she willingly chooses to talk about her daughters with others. She brings the topic up and talks about them with joy and pride. Now, I have a comment here from Molly Head. She says, I'm a woman of 69, and I'm really glad I didn't have children. I think I would have become like Leda. That's scary, and I'm so grateful things didn't turn out that way. End quote. So maybe a big takeaway from this movie is motherhood is not natural for everyone and therefore it's not for everyone and that's okay. Now on the flip side, there's the theme of fatherhood. Leda is surrounded by men, both in the present and the past, who have left their children and are totally normalized by society. Here's my question. How do we react to, number one, the hiker in the flashback scene? Leda and her husband decide to open the house that they're staying at to these two kind of traveling nomad hikers. And it's kind of weird at first, but then they grow on each other and they have a great evening together, chatting and eating and drinking. And we learn that the hiker who was on a hike with his, I guess it would be his girlfriend, he has three sons with his ex-wife and... He's left them. They're with his mom somewhere on the other side of the world or another part, another country, another part of the country. His three sons are not with him. He's out on this long hiking adventure with his girlfriend. How do we react to that? And then number two, we have the innkeeper, Lyle, who said his kids grew up with their mother, which, you know implies that he did not have a big part of parenthood in in his own children's lives, in his own children's childhood. And (laughs) as they're talking about this, when he's over visiting Leda and cooking that octopus, barf, by the way. Okay, side note, an octopus? Why would anyone want to eat that? Number one, so, so, so not appetizing. 
tentacles with suckers on them? No, thank you. And also, they are such intelligent creatures. I would no sooner eat a dog. All right, stepping off my soapbox there. So (laughs) when Lyle and Leda are talking about parenthood while they're eating that octopus together at her house, she even makes the comment, and not in a sarcastic way, in a real way, she says, you sound like a real family man. And this is a man who just is saying that his kids grew up with their mother. Okay, and then last but not least, three. Tony, who is Nina's husband, he is a deadbeat dad, and there are implications that he's a little abusive, definitely emotionally, most likely physically as well. There's that scene where he's kind of yanking her hair or grabbing her throat or something like that. Not, not a great husband, and we can assume not a great father either. And he seems to be away a lot. He is never really watching Elena. He only meets Nina over the weekends and is away all the rest of the week, it seems. So we have these three examples of men who have left their children, who are abandoning their children to one degree or another. And how do we feel about them? How did we react to them in this movie in comparison to how we reacted to Leda? Here's my guess. We probably did not judge them nearly as harshly as we do Leda. And I'm not trying to lecture anyone because this goes for me as well. I definitely, my first time watching this, judged Leda so much more harshly than these three male side characters. Now, of course, this movie is focused on the Leda character. If we had a movie focusing on, say, the hiker or Lyle, and showed more scenes about his character and his experiences with his children and showing, excuse me, and showing him actually leave his children. Sure, I think we would have feelings that were more harshly judgmental. But I think that these characters, these side male characters, are purposefully written in to contrast against Leda when it comes to how we judge parents who are not always there for their children. It's normalized for a father to leave his kids and pursue whatever life he wants, but a woman doing the same is just appalling for some reason. I have a comment here by Sonia Chahan. I'm sorry if I butchered that last name, Sonia. She says, maybe why she screams, why Leda screams, at the bunch of boys at the theater is because it's all so bloody unfair that men can prance around without consequences while she has to live with guilt for her selfish actions. And then I also have a comment here from Christina A.Y. This whole movie can be summarized as the consequence of absent men. It made me question why absent men and fathers are not held up to the same responsibility, nor are seen to be as messed up as Leda. Although it revolves around the spiral of mother-daughter and woman-to-woman bonds, through the complex shared experiences of women, the characters of men, absent husband, the old man living in Greece whose sons he hasn't seen, the Italian husband who is half-present, and the professor with whom it never worked out, the boy who pursues an affair with Nina, the movie dives deeply into the lack of responsibility and repercussion men have, which, when involving children, causes women to choose between motherhood and tearing at their own identity to compromise for the lack of the other half. It's the uninvolvement of men that is so interesting, 
and the fact that Leda's behavior is similar to that of many absent fathers that stood out to me. End quote. Thank you so much for those comments, guys. I really love your insight. Now, we have been concentrating so much so far on Leda's motherhood. I want to quickly take a glance at Nina's motherhood. One scene that really stuck out to me was the scene after Leda finds Elena when she's gone missing on the beach. Elena has been found and returned, and Nina is talking to Leda to thank her, and you can tell that she's also just kind of struck by this older woman and can relate to her even though they don't know each other yet. And during this whole scene where they're talking, we hear Elena, Nina's daughter, screaming in the background continuously, screaming, mommy, mommy, and reaching for her. But Nina isn't phased. It doesn't even register with her, or if it does, she is very purposefully ignoring it. And so I think it's fair to say that Nina, like Leda, is a very unnatural mother. The whole motherhood thing does not come naturally. She has this want to just be her own person apart from her daughter, apart from her role as a mother. She asks Leda, is this going to pass? I don't know what to call it. I have depression or something. And then Leda tells her, it doesn't pass. And so this is another similarity between her and Leda, where I don't know exactly what to call it because the term postpartum depression as far as I understand, is generally used for mothers postpartum and pretty soon after that when their children are born and aren't too old yet. So I don't know if there's some sort of technical term out there for depression that extends beyond just immediately postpartum. But both women are experiencing or have experienced this deep, deep depression that's directly linked and directly caused by their roles of a mother, directly caused by motherhood. And now, I also think that Nina is different from Leda in some ways. Either she's different from Leda in some ways, or she has not yet become the same type of mother as as Leda. Because we see Nina kind of reacting in a shocked manner, maybe even judgmental manner, when Leda tells her that she abandoned her children. Also kind of in a curious manner, like, how did you feel? And I feel like she was asking that out of curiosity rather than judgment. But at the same time, you can tell that Nina, at least at this point, is not in that state yet where she would abandon her daughter. You know, she's still willing to push through. She definitely is having this depressive feeling continuously with being a mother, but not to the point yet where she is willing to just drop everything and leave like Leda did. And also, I think the end scene between the two where Nina has an intense angry reaction to figuring out that Leda took the doll, kept it this whole time, from poor Elena, who's just missing it so much, she reacts in anger and so much anger that she stabs Leda in the stomach. I think this is the biggest indication that these two women, no matter how many parallels we see between the two, are fundamentally different types of mothers. While both struggle with it, Nina seems to ultimately 
always come around to making, I don't want to say good choices because I don't condone stabbing people in the stomach with hat pins, but she makes the choice to protect and defend her daughter, to act as a mama bear for her daughter rather than desert her daughter. Another sort of sub theme of motherhood, if you will, that I saw are the physical effects of motherhood. This is another question I think a lot of people have when they come away from this film is, what is with Leda's spells of dizziness and wooziness? Now, here's what I saw. I think seeing Nina and relating to Nina triggers Leda with the flashbacks, which start to make her feel woozy, dizzy, having fainting spells. And these fainting spells are connected to her trauma. And she even comments earlier on in the film that her own mom used to get dizzy spells. And I think that this is showing that motherhood affects you not just mentally, but physically. She's having a literal, direct effect physically in her body from motherhood. It's not just in her mind. Now, on the flip side of the theme of motherhood, let's look at the theme of womanhood, as in separate from motherhood. This isn't a movie just about motherhood. It's about women wanting to be fully themselves outside of motherhood or in addition to motherhood. Now, Leda is very independent. She's happy to be on a solo holiday instead of with a big group of family like Nina is. She's not polite. Sometimes she's rude. Sometimes she's selfish. She's not what women are expected to be all the time. We see the scene near the beginning where she refuses to move on the beach when the big family group are wanting to have a big space to be able to all sit together. And she just refuses to move. She just is like, nope, I'm not going to do it. And then when she's eating dinner alone and Lyle comes up to her at the restaurant and they chat for a little bit and then she just very abruptly says, do you mind if I finish my dinner now, Lyle? Basically saying, please leave me alone. (laughs) Now, some of these are a bit more extreme than others. I think some of them we can laugh at and maybe even applaud her for and others maybe we're uncomfortable with. But I think the right question to ask is, Is this just because women are expected to always be polite and nice at the expense of themselves, or has she crossed the line? I think sometimes she does, and sometimes she doesn't. Additionally, with this theme of motherhood, both Leda and Nina are unfaithful. They have sexual and intimacy desires outside of their marriages, in addition to wanting personal fulfillment outside of motherhood. And then also, Leda in particular, she loves her academic work, and this is directly connected to her sexual affair with the professor. This professor sees Leda as an academic. She is being seen as someone outside of motherhood for the first time in a while, and she's being praised by this man. She is being recognized for her work, for her brilliance, And this is directly connected to the affair. This is not just physical attraction that she shares with this man. It's emotional and mental and academic attraction. And so on the flip side of this theme of motherhood, there's this theme of womanhood, of these women just wanting so badly 
to have lives separate from their lives as mothers. Now, I want to change roads here and jump into the setting of this movie, which is just beautiful. The setting is beautiful, which is at odds with the overall heaviness of this piece. And while it's tranquil on the surface, this beach atmosphere, the waves, the just gorgeous restaurants and paths that they walk down, in reality, things are not so tranquil. Like I'd mentioned before, there's the rotten fruit, there's the loud bug on her pillow, there's the foghorn keeping her up at night, there's the pine cone assaulting her shoulder, there's the pleasant movie that she's watching disturbed by these hooligan teens. There's also this horrific image straight from a horror movie of a bug crawling out of the doll's mouth while Leda is trying to clean it up. Now, what is this all a metaphor for? And I think this may be a stretch, maybe I'm reaching a little bit, but motherhood is idealized. It's supposed to be picturesque, natural, pleasant, just like this setting is supposed to be, and sometimes is, but under the surface, there are disturbing, unpleasant aspects to motherhood that maybe we don't want to acknowledge, or maybe we don't expect them to be there when we go on a vacation, but then unexpectedly we get accosted by these pine cones and the fruit that looks so nice is actually rotten and you wanted to just have a nice movie and it's disturbed in a very emotional way. So to me, this is like the setting is like motherhood. It's idealized. It's supposed to be beautiful. It's expected to be pleasant. But underneath the surface, it's not so tranquil. There's disturbing, unpleasant aspects. Now, what about the title of this film, The Lost Daughter? Who is The Lost Daughter? First off, there's the literal daughters in this movie who we see missing. There's Elena in the present who gets lost. And then also, we see a flashback of Bianca, one of Leda's daughters, getting lost too. And in both scenes, there's this panic on the beach. In Leda's scene, she's alone with her other daughter trying to find her. In the present scene with Elena, the whole beach is kind of in this frenzy trying to find her. And so there's the little literal explanation for who is the lost daughters, those two daughters who we see those parallel scenes of both of them getting lost. Then we've got the doll, which is lost. I know, you really wanted me to bring up the doll again because it's not a frustrating aspect of the movie whatsoever. (laughs) But maybe the doll itself can also be considered the lost daughter because a lot of young children play with their daughters playing as if they're the mommy and the daughter, I mean, the doll is their, is their baby. Now, my favorite interpretation of who the lost daughter is in this film is Leda herself. Now, remember when she is finally at the end returning the doll to Nina She says, I was just playing, which sounds like a very childish thing to say. She was just playing with the doll. And there are also hints throughout the movie that Leda's own mother was not great. If you remember, there's the scene where the two, um, the flashback scene where Leda and her husband are arguing, going back and forth between the husband pleading for her to stay and then resorting to making threats to try to get her to stay. 
And one of the things he threatens her with is saying, this is too hard. I'm going to drop our daughters off with your mother. And this comment makes Leda absolutely furious. I should have written down exactly what she says, but she makes a comment like, you cannot do them t- do that to them. You know, basically, they cannot live through what I lived through with her as a mother. And so, in a way, while Elena is a mother, she's also a daughter, and she's lost. She obviously did not have a good example of motherhood in her own life through her own mother. She was lost as a daughter because... You know, she wasn't anchored the way that we like to see families anchored with the mother being a typical expected mothering figure. So while her daughters are lost to an absent mother, she herself is a lost daughter to her own absent mother. All right, I want to end this this super fun look at this film with an amazing comment that is Uh, maybe under the category of a rabbit hole theory, courtesy of Angelo Grasso. Now, this is a bit long, but bear with me because it blew my mind when I read it. They say, quote, I think the whole thing is a dream Leda has while coming in and out of consciousness on the beach before she dies. Her falling on the beach was the first scene of the film. The flashbacks are her memories flashing before her eyes. The holiday is a fantasy she is trying to construct, but can't keep free from her sense of guilt and regret. The rotten fruit, the loud noises, the falling pine cones, the invading family, the insects, all projections of the unhappiness in her own life. Everyone thinks she's much younger than she actually looks, which could be a projection of her desire to be young again. Nina is actually a projection of herself, which is why they have such a visceral connection. The doll represents her own damaged childhood, her stealing the doll and trying to restore it, even though it caused the little girl such distress, represents the phase in her life when she is overcome by a desire to self-actualize, an experience never granted her by her mom, at the expense of her girls. Leda's own repressed childhood is illustrated when she catches her daughter drawing all over the undressed doll that had been passed down from her mom, As she throws it out the window, Bianca whimpers, It's mine, representing the girl's desire for autonomy and the mom's frustration and never feeling in control of her own body. When she does get the doll back, finally clean and well-clothed, looking like a professor, her younger projection, Nina, is livid because the damage had already been done to her daughter, who was now resigned to the fact that her doll wasn't coming back. The scene where she is stabbed by the hat pin, projection of her mom, represents her own self-loathing that she was no better than her mom, whom she despised. But instead of passing down the generational trauma to her girls, stabbed in the womb, she also has fainting spells throughout the film, which makes me believe she is dying the whole time. End quote. Wow, Angelo, thank you so much for that comment. I could not have wrapped up and stated this whole thing better myself accompanying it with this rabbit hole theory that the whole entire movie is just Leda dying and having these scenes, flashbacks, memories, fantasies in her mind as she dies. All right, that wraps up 
the review and ending explained for The Lost Daughter. Thank you so much for listening. I had a blast rewatching this movie and preparing this podcast and sharing my thoughts with you guys. Thank you so much to those who did share thoughts for this episode. I would love to hear some comments about it. If anyone emails me about comments responding to this podcast, I will include those in my next episode. And also as a preview, my next episode will be focusing on the TV show The Haunting of Bly Manor. Now I know what you're thinking. Kenna, why would you do The Haunting of Bly Manor before you do The Haunting of Hill House, which is the first series in the kind of loosely connected adaptations of those two books? Well, here's my reason. I am currently re-watching Bly Manor, and it has been a while since I have re-watched Haunting of Hill House. So <laughs> there's my reason. It's just what I happen to be watching right now. I've been in the spooky mood and there are so many layers and open endings to the show. I love it so much. We're going to dive into it. So if you have already watched The Haunting of Bly Manor, which is also on Netflix, so pretty accessible, please, please email me your comments, your theories, your explanations. I would love to hear them. And if you have not watched The Haunting of Bly Manor, hop onto Netflix right now and watch it because it is a masterpiece. It is a limited series. I believe it's only nine episodes, and it's all one story. So there's not previous um, seasons. There's not going to be another season of it. It's just basically a nine-hour movie, which now that I say that sounds like a big thing to commit to, but I promise you will want to binge these episodes. They're so good. They're so well done. They're movie quality. And no, if you have not seen The Haunting of Hill House... It's totally okay to watch Bly Manor first because they're only very, very loosely connected. The storylines are completely different. You do not need to have watched Haunting of Hill House before you watch Bly Manor. Anyways, can you tell that I'm excited about <laughs> about this film? Or I mean, about covering this show. I love it so much. Oh, and one quick thing I wanted to add. For those of you who maybe are a bit more sensitive to scary stuff... Haunting of Hill House, in my opinion, was 10 times scarier than Bly Manor. Bly Manor has this spooky atmosphere, but really not a lot of jump scares, not a lot of horrific images. So yeah, I think if you're kind of me like medium-wise able to tolerate scary things and you heard really scary things about Hill House, I think you'll be good to throw on Haunting of Bly Manor and be able to tolerate it. Okay, I will shut up now about Bly Manor until next episode. But please subscribe, rate, and review Ending Explained on whatever platform you're listening on. I love being able to create this content for you guys, and this is a quick and easy way to show a little love in return. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about this episode and The Lost Daughter. Is there something I missed? Do you have other theories to contribute or anything else to add? Or would you like to pose any theories or comments about The Haunting of Bly Manor that I can include in next episode? If so, send an email to endingexplainedpod at gmail.com, and that'll be in the show notes. Thank you guys so much!